0: Before today's episode kicks off, we wanted to announce...
1: The Hot Young Book Club!
0: Woot! We are always wanting to learn and grow, so we are going to launch some bonus episodes as we discuss our first book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks.
1: And since we're busy too, we are gonna be breaking it down into bite-sized chunks to read and discuss.
0: And we would love it, love it, love it, if you all would join us.
1: Our first meeting will be August 7th and we will link the book in the show notes.
0: Can't wait to have you guys with us.
1: Today, we're sitting down with designer, Clara Jung of Banner Day Interiors.
0: Clara shares how she transitioned the skills from her first career as an attorney into her successful design business.
1: We also learned how Clara defined her own success as a creative, despite growing up with traditional career expectations.
0: We got to talk about how she takes bold risks in her projects.
1: But is cautiously optimistic with financial decisions. Let's go. Hi, I'm Rebecca of Studio Plum.
0: And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers.
1: Turned internet friends.
0: Turned real life friends.
1: Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast.
0: We're not that hot.
1: Or that young.
0: Every week, we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses.
1: Welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. Hi, Sean.
0: Yo, Rebecca, what's up?
1: It's episode 15. Are we celebrating? What are we going to do?
0: I mean... I was just noticing y'all that we have listeners in like 40 countries and I'm definitely counting that single listener in Poland. So shout out to Poland.
1: (laughs) That one person. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening Poland.
1: Yeah, this feels like a really major milestone, not major, I guess. It's like our first milestone. For me,
0: this feels major. Like
1: 15, week, 15 episodes is a lot.
0: Totally. This is a, a big commitment. It's a marriage, basically. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, so,
1: we um, don't have to see each other every day. Even though we kind of do.
0: Distance makes the heart grow fonder. That's true. <laughs> basically. <laughs> and speaking of distance it helps me with our fizzle and sizzle of the week because people are all over in my fizzle of the week the world of instagram and social media is making me feel like i'm the only person who's being really good about social distancing and avoiding places because i am seeing a lot of people all over the interwebs posting about their Glamour Times vacations and going to, like, coronavirus hotspots. And it just makes me freaked out. And I don't like seeing that. And I kind of wish people would just stop posting it so this doesn't have to go on any longer. (laughs)
1: Like, we need to
0: bring a little more shame to the internet? A little bit. Because, like, I'm here with health workers in my household. I have an at-risk elder in my household. So I have to be super good. And like, I would love to be able to go do something. But the truth be told, uh, if I were out doing something, like I'm seeing a lot of these people doing, I'm probably going to catch it. Right. So not everyone is, uh, there are a lot of people not wearing masks is what I'm saying. A lot of y'all are out there, you're not wearing masks and you're like, oh, our state is okay. Well, it won't be for long if you're not doing it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I went down this rabbit hole last night on one of my Facebook mom's groups, and (laughs) there was a whole, like, fight about this on, like, the parks people are seeing a lot of families at. Yes. And so there's this debate about whether you should just mind your own business or if you should be, like, calling and reporting it.
0: We all have PTSD from those Costco YouTube videos and crap.
1: Yeah, and the overall arching theme that was kind of a good message was like, are you a we or a me person? Oh, and how you teach like that. our kids, like when because a lot of it is hard when your kid drives by the park it is and is popping, and you're like, what we you-? can't go. Mommy's yeah, just are, making it up because we want to keep you cooped up in our house.
0: Yes. So are basically, are you a person who puts carts back at the grocery store or not? Right. <laughs> so that's my fizzle, is kind of trying to reconcile the, the, the world that's being presented online versus like the reality for a lot of us. And then my sizzle is, why the heck did everybody not tell me that I need to put oat milk in my coffee because I it's amazing. Well, I just started. I'm not an early bandwagoner, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't do that very quickly, but I didn't realize because I had been burned by how awful soy and almond milk taste in coffee. So I thought, oh great, here's another like watery substance I just throw in my coffee and it's gonna make my really great coffee taste like crap. For so like pea milk or Yeah. And this actually, (laughs) oat oat milk, oat milk, I know, pea milk, Um, oat milk has been amazing. It's a revelation. It makes my good coffee taste just as good, adds a nice little flavor to it. And, you know, gotta be real, as you get older, real dairy milk is probably not the business anymore for some of us. So...
1: Okay, and I told you about this in our real conversations, but I'm going to give you another plug for (laughs) cold brew with cinnamon oat milk foam at Starbucks.
0: I mean, if I make it to a Starbucks, I will. I just very rarely go to a Starbucks. But now that I'm an oat milk lover, apparently it's a thing. Yeah. So if you don't know, now you do. And for those of you who are out there who are like, oh great, just another thing we made milk out of that's not really milk, please give it a shot. I waited too long and I'm, I'm glad that I'm on board.
1: Welcome. Welcome to the <laughs> alternative milk lifestyle exactly. <laughs> that you can exactly. feel good about.
0: Totally. What's on your list of fizzles and sizzles for the week?
1: So my fizzle is my office. I moved into our formal living room last, late last year, and it's a good-sized space, but I'm just trying to like have too many make it work moments with the existing furniture. So I'm trying not to buy anything new, really, except for storage, and nothing just fits. I thought I had a really great solution figured out, and then I sat down and started a Zoom call with you, and, yeah. Realized my background was not up to par.
0: So totally, you're it. It needs to look good now because we're doing so many more calls, not just for you and I, but for a lot of other groups. And even I'm zooming with a lot of clients, or I'm right. recording like presentations. So it either needs to be neutral or it needs to be on fleek, which no one says on fleek anymore. So whatever. But
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and I was thinking like, God, maybe I need to design some really cool like ceiling mounted maps that you could just pull down behind you and it's Uh like your little fake studio moment
0: so are we all turning into like cam shows now like we're just gonna be like youtubers where we have to have like i i actually feel a little bit ashamed that i looked up um sort of like a baffle light diffuser this week so apparently I need that
2: yeah I feel like we
1: need to build our own little home studios that's what it's turning
0: into yeah I I mean whether I wanted it or not that's what's happening
1: so I'm still working on that and I'm just frustrated and trying not to throw money at it and then my sizzle is related to your fizzle
0: kind of (laughs)
1: My husband took my da- our daughter to on a little daddy daughter trip, and they were super so- socially distanced. Like they drove to San Diego and didn't get out of the car, which is kind of crazy. But um, that's a
0: long drive.
1: It's a long drive. I don't think I could have made it. But they yeah stayed at they were at the beach and wasn't crowded where they were, but I was home alone. I had my little Kevin moment. Yeah. For four days. So I got to tear apart my office and make a big mess all over the house. Didn't have to do dishes. It was great.
0: I always like order whatever food that Sean, my husband, would not normally eat whenever he leaves or he was away. I mean, it hasn't happened recently, but that's like my chance.
1: Yeah, totally. I I know. I was a little busier than I would have wanted to be like I had a photo shoot and some meetings and stuff, but um yeah, and I could stay up late and work whenever and not have to like be a good mom. <laughs> it's that glim-
0: <laughs> it's that glimpse into our old lives that we ha- don't have anymore. So we're just trying our best.
1: I know. but it was nice it was really great just to be alone and kind of like regroup before summer is over and the new whatever is going to happen for the fall starts
0: i mean apocalypse part 12 coming at you
1: should we get into the show
0: it is time let's jump in all right
1: this meeting to order
0: We got to do it. We have a special guest with us today, Clara Jung of Banner Day Interiors. And a little bit about Clara, she left a career in corporate law to start Banner Day Consulting when she realized that legal research and courtroom appearances didn't satisfy her creative desires. So today she pursues her passion for design by working with both institutional and residential clients to transform ordinary rooms into stylish spaces. And her goal with each engagement is to provide a comfortable place for her clients to live and work. And we're so excited to have Clara with us today. Welcome Clara.
2: Hi guys, I'm so excited to be here. Um, Thanks for having me. Welcome, we're so excited to have you.
1: Huge fans.
2: Thank you, I'm equally huge fans of your work and uh, this is something different. So I'm looking forward to chatting.
0: Oh, cool. I, we're all still always shocked that anyone uh, is listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and are watching like what's going on and we've been really encouraged by how, it, despite our distances and our different careers, different paths and uh, different ways we run our businesses, how close the design community really is. And um, beyond just the fact that we work in a similar industry, how much we really all all have in common with each other. So it's a, a really encouraging experience.
2: No, I totally agree. I mean, I listened to a couple of your podcast episodes and I love the rapport between you guys. It's so much fun. It makes my uh, drives to uh, long site visits much more bearable. And I love just the camaraderie and like just the information giving that you guys are putting out there in the world. And I think it's super helpful whether you are a seasoned designer or someone just starting out. Yeah,
1: I think it's helpful in this um, is good like with you too, like we both have career transitions that we've made and I felt very lacking and unknowledgeable when I got into this industry, (laughs) but realizing, oh wait, this is a tool that is kind of unique to have, whether it's my design background or whatever, graphic design and marketing that is helpful when, for someone who hasn't had that. So I think we all have things to give and share our industries and our businesses are so complicated i feel like it's just super complex compared to just a straight service-based business so
2: yeah you're like a therapist you're like a problem solver you are a mover i am i call i I say moonlight as an unpacker of boxes most of the time
0: Totally. (laughs) totally
2: yeah so a bunch of different things. You're yeah. like an
0: inventory specialist, <laughs> yeah. a warehouse manager, <laughs> like. And that's yeah. not that's not every business that is like that. It's really I feel like there's these one-off scenarios for nearly everything that designers do. You're like, well, who's gonna do it if I don't? I guess we're also taking on this new task.
2: Correct. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, for your clients, it's definitely a service-based profession. And, you know, the per- home is such a personal thing. So the scope creep can be just, you know, I've cleaned out medicine cabinets, you know, just like you things you would never <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> think of or just like sourcing weird stuff that you are like, what? what, this is not design related, but yes, I will do it for you. But
1: you know, yeah. really intimate details about your clients too, which like takes it out of that, like. Office professionalism, like Mm -hmm. place, and you're like, oh, okay. Well, this is what you need in your bathroom. Like, okay, I know. Or (laughs) this is why Sean has stories about. This is why you don't get a leather nightstand.
2: Um, Have we talked
0: about that? I don't. I don't know if we have on here. There were some. There were some. There have been some marital aid products. That might have ruined some (laughs) nightstands. So you
2: have to be explicit. I think I can conjecture with my imagination. I I just
0: I think that there. I think that the listeners can fill in the blanks and imagine how how would a leather nightstand get ruined? Something petroleum based. (laughs) 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 And stuff you you're like well at this point. To that end, there's no filters anymore. I've already been so far introduced into your personal life that what's next? Like
1: well, what it? is it next? Yeah, like yeah. like what are we holding back now? Exactly. Like exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. why there are confidentiality clauses in my contract. Because I don't want them to worry about oh no, what's he out there talking about? Like, no, it doesn't need to Yeah, I mean, there's no photos. on a podcast, apparently. Um <laughs>
2: <laughs> no names no names, no names. No, not at all and honestly like that's not something I would have thought
1: about so it is good to know like that's like a major like functional aspect of
0: gotta know gotta know so that's yeah it, I, I don't think know if I'm gonna just, put it in my it's... design questionnaire but no it's it I, I don't know that I asked about that in advance. So that's also on me for not realizing, but um it just won't go into the plan. Like leather
1: furniture, maybe just not in the bedroom. Just
0: yeah, I yeah, got it. it's yeah. <laughs> that's our sorry we could, we could leave it there. Yeah, we okay, could leave let's that. Stop. Let's yeah. just, just stop about <laughs> That's the next episode of just stop when we do one. Um Claire, I think you you touched on like a a key component where you mentioned where we were talking kind of about um, what we're bringing with us from prior careers. Uh, and, you know, we talked about you transitioning from corporate law. And are there things that you brought with you that you find you're still using every day, whether it's skills or techniques, into your design business?
2: Uh, totally, you know, it doesn't seem like a natural um, skill set, like transition, I think, if you think about it, but there are so many facets, you know, uh, some people are like, you probably regret going to law school. I'm like, no, I actually, I don't. Uh, at first, and um, I have a very strong network. And to be honest, when I started, uh, most of my clients are my law school friends, and that 's actually the hardest part when you start a design business it's getting that right clientele. so I have no shame yeah. in saying that I had a strong law school network, and they continue to hire me and they are some of my favorite clients. But as to the skill set questions specifically um, you know, when you do when you're a lawyer and specifically if you do litigation, you do case management, which is like all the stuff that you do in project management for a construction site. So attention to yeah. detail, juggling a lot of balls at once, a ton of very strict deadlines, um, you know, uh, thinking about liability issues, um, responsibilities of different people, all that stuff. And then I think on a more on a daily basis, you know, just um, contract negotiations, not really with your client, but, um, as an advocate for your clients with different vendors, different trades, all that stuff. Um, you know, that all helped me, I think, become a stronger designer. Um, and I, and I sell that to my clients. I say, you know, I, I obviously have not worked with an, another formally trained designer, So I don't necessarily know how they work, but this is how I work. And I know that we're really good at design, but we really excel at project management and troubleshooting. And I think for a lot of designers that come from not necessarily a more traditional background, especially like second career people like us here, um, I think we're just really adept at that, being in a corporate environment. And um, I think, you know, further, like, you know, having worked, you know, like, what. It, quote unquote, a corporate profession, I'm very much aware of my clients who have very, very um, tight schedules, you know, juggling family and kids and like demanding jobs. So, you yeah. know, I know that it's really important for me to maximize um, their time with me and really distill options. So, yeah. Do you have a
1: theory why there are so <laughs> many attorneys that have become interior designers?
2: Um, I think if I don't know why so many attorneys have become interior designers, but I know why attorneys have left the law. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right.
2: So uh, always, it's always the, uh, the um the question always is from a non-lawyer like, why would you leave? But I have never been asked that question. From an actual lawyer. They're like, how do we get out? <laughs> like, oh,
0: oh so, I believe that.
2: Yeah. And to be fair, you know, there are aspects of the law I really do miss. And, you know, I just, I, you know, when I left the firm, like I was just didn't love some of the people I was working with and it was just not a good personality fit. Um, but, you know, my husband is still an attorney and he loves his job. It's kind of mind blowing. Like he loves it so much. So it's not all attorneys, but I do think it's not that unusual to feel really burnt out. Um, you know, it's just the stress level for lawyers um, is really high. So after doing it for six years, um, I, I think you know, it was just burnt out. But I, I can't, I can't speak directly to your theory of why uh, there's a pipeline of attorneys students here.
1: <laughs> it just seems so bizarre to me. But I do I feel mean, like there's
0: a good number of them, and maybe it's just like it's that pendulum swing effect of like no creativity at all but you're a creative
1: but like you were how you were explaining the breakdown of the you know procedures and being analytical like that totally makes sense so maybe applying because I mean I do think from what I know that there's a lot of creativity creative thinking involved in being an attorney and recall and Mm -hmm. um, references and stuff so I could see where that would be similar but totally opposite of
2: context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, it, it's true. I agree with you. You know, I have a couple of friends here that are used to be attorneys and are now designers and I'm like, we talk all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always loved, I just had a passion for design, but I was just so type A and had this very like uh, strict mind in my head of how my life should go. So I never really allowed myself to even consider a creative path. I was like, I am going to be a lawyer. Like, you know, I've, I've had this dream since I was like six. I, you know, I did all the stuff you're supposed to do to get to a good law school. So I will be a lawyer. And I stuck it out for six years, probably longer than I should have. But so, yeah.
1: Well, I think in our generation, we, we were never showed like a successful creative career path. Like, I didn't know what a graphic designer was when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. I knew what a fashion designer was, an architect, like, I don't like, but so we never like had role models that were creative and successful and took a different path
0: starving artist like that's kind of like that's the mentality it's right. like oh well if you're gonna do something creative you're not you're not gonna be able to support yourself or you're gonna have that. to be
1: a teacher like teaching like high school remedial art like yeah not that that's bad but like that was never so those were I your options with kids so um
2: yeah but really so i limited yeah. I didn't even think about that. Like that, the, the creative, like successful role model, like that's totally true. I mean, like success was a successful career
1: was being an attorney, a doctor, mm-hmm. or like going into like
0: being like a CPA.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> An actuary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like it, you always are going to have a job like, and job security was what was like sold as the vision for success. Like you will have a secure job. You'll always have a paycheck and it, and you could just be happy going out on weekends and doing stuff and that will and be that's partly like
1: started. our parents generation like mm-hmm. that was what they were taught but now like my daughter will know what it, the gig economy is <laughs> i will be like you can be the ebbs and
0: flows. you yeah. can
1: marry whoever you want like i never heard that or
2: that's probably my parents
1: didn't even know about it yeah
2: yeah i mean like uh my parents were immigrants and so um i'm korean american and being growing up we having work, for them to have worked so hard, it was very clear to me that I had to be the conform to the traditional ideas of success. And that was being an attorney. With that being said, they always said they wanted me to be happy. But I knew, you know, they were saying that. But I don't know if they actually meant it. They <laughs> want you to be <laughs> a happy, happy attorney. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. So I actually didn't tell them I quit my firm job till six months after the fact. Um
0: so, uh-huh. Yeah. wait how did that go over
2: uh now my mom just brags about my husband <laughs> just-
0: uh, her, her <laughs>
1: husband's an attorney <laughs> yeah same I know
2: um no she's extremely proud of me but you know I, I think it does take um they've mellowed out uh getting older and having lived in the u.s longer you know so mm-hmm. but yeah but when growing up when i was growing up it was definitely like you have to be successful and that usually meant being an attorney or a doctor or whatever yeah
0: do they know what you do all day like do they have a, a this like amorphous picture of what you do or ambiguous yeah. picture
2: yeah like they have i just show them photos um of like you know projects i finished but i don't think on a day-to-day or even like hour-to-hour they know what but i don't i think that's true of most people i feel like most people think that we just shop and uh you know what I mean like this yep.
0: frivolous yeah. like yeah, pretty
2: thing yeah oh, I, like, made
0: a, I made a palette and then four <laughs> months later it pops into a bathroom like mm, if only like, like yeah
1: picking pillows and <laughs> fluffing them and yeah. yeah
2: yeah so I mean I you know, I think that's true of like the broader public I think if anyone has worked with a designer I know all my clients know how hard I work and like what we actually do um I think I'm sure your clients feel the same way so yeah
1: for anyone yeah. who hasn't undergone like a major renovation. Exactly. Or yeah. Had that stress on their own Actually, shoulders. Those
0: have well, been like- some of my better projects, is where they clients have done
1: yeah.
0: construction before on their own. Mm-hmm. And they're like, We can't do this alone. We can't do this again. It was so awful. And we didn't keep up with everything and we made bad choices. And then they totally get why it helps to have, like you said, an advocate, someone on their side, someone who can keep their project moving quickly. And trust in the overall picture still coming together it's it it's almost better if they have tried to do it on their own
2: (laughs) no i totally agree with you because they appreciate that you are handling everything they don't want to handle and like the decision fatigue and everything else so i i I totally agree
0: i think that's our real value add is Mm -hmm. it's just the time and energy that they can then use on other things or if they don't have it to begin with how are they going to dedicate it to a project like that
2: Exactly. You know, most of our clients are really busy and they have careers and they have families and uh yeah, I mean, I I mean, this might be controversial, but you know, I feel like the hiring an interior designer is um often a luxury, you know, and that's because we fill in this uh hole that's actually extremely important. If you're spending $500,000 for a renovation, you know, a designer should not be cheap because that designer plays such a crucial role in the process and execution. Um, So that's kind of my philosophy.
0: Just part of the number. Just it's got to be baked into the price.
2: Yeah. So what, how do you,
1: so you said that you used to, like your early clientele was a lot of law school friends. How do you, where do most of your clients come from now? Or what do you do to find new clients?
2: Honestly, it's mostly still referral-based. Like my, like the large majority of my clients are from, you know, you start with your inner circle and then slowly the the rings spread out. Um, But for the most part, it's still related to uh, my, broader network at this point or just like clients that found me and now they're referring me to their friends the only marketing I really spend money on is photo shoots and that's you know I don't really consider that marketing in the traditional sense it's you know it's like part of your portfolio but you're not necessarily um like putting yourself out there to get clients um so I know I am extremely lucky that way Um, you know I I I work really hard, and I'm really confident, but you really need help, and to have friends that believe in you, and to uh, afford you business, that's an amazing thing, so yeah.
1: It's really true, and you're, so you mostly, I, I don't know if we said, you're in the Bay Area of Northern California. Correct. Are you in
2: Oakland? I'm in Berkeley, uh, oh, about, uh, yeah, like a quarter mile away from the boundary of Oakland and Berkeley. So I went to uh, Cal for undergrad, and it's kind of like coming home. I grew up in Los Angeles. Yay. <laughs> <Hey>. Yay. <Hey. Hey. laughs> <I get laughs> OC. Yeah. I'm a valley girl myself. Um, I don't know if you can tell by the inflection in my uh, voice, but yeah.
1: <laughs> I know. I think yeah. we all have it. <laughs>
2: Um, But I love the Bay Area, so I don't. I mean, there are pros and cons like anywhere else, but yeah.
1: And I love Northern California. So you, I saw recently that you had a client though in the UK, right? Like,
2: yeah, that was a law school that work. Yeah, it was just a law school friend, and you know, sourcing was kind of a challenge, but you know, I like I knew. I knew I needed a client that was kind of easygoing and just I like, could like, you know, understand what they were, what their goals were. And it worked out fabulously. Um, again, I have a, I think, you know, knock on wood inspections are happening right now, but I have another law school friend who just uh, purchased a home in, um, I think upstate New York or a country house in Connecticut. I can't remember where it was, but it's like a farmhouse. So, you know, dreaming projects. Right? Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, Yeah. That's exciting. And you'll do it
1: all completely virtually?
2: probably. Well, or? I mean, do I say this publicly? I am willing to risk COVID and wear a mask and go out there to install, which I think is totally appropriate, uh, but we will see how it all works out. But I think, um, I don't know if this is too off off topic, but in the Bay Area especially and in New York, I think People are fleeing kind of the more congested urban areas and focusing yeah. on vacation homes. Um, the Tahoe real estate market here is insane right now. It's crazy. Um, so uh, um, yeah. So I, I we're they're not-
1: moving here. I have a consultation <laughs> really? today. So I'm in Sacramento. So I have yeah. a consultation today, um, with someone who just left the bay and they like their jobs are fully remote now so they're like okay we need a bigger yard a bigger house
2: a pool yeah a pool yeah i mean that could you could that could be your niche like just like taking like fleeing san franciscans into
0: sacramento (laughs) refugees refugees from the bay Bay area (laughs) refugees
1: Yeah, no, like it's happening keep- here
0: though too. People are yeah, going like out to Lake Arrowhead, yeah. and they're trying to get away Wait. from the city for as long as they possibly can.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I it's. Mean, cost- I, yeah. Had a, I have a client in Tahoe that they just bought a vacation home, and I was happened to be there when they were installing the cable, and the guys like, I don't know, this could take two hours to come online. There are so many people here now working that uh, our system is so slow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like these little mountain communities can't you can't hang they have with the
0: bandwidth literally tech <laughs> employees like no they cannot L- literally they yeah can't. yeah they can't keep up with that
2: yeah it's i mean you know that's like one of the repercussions of covid that i wasn't anticipating like more i guess vacation homes so to speak from former clients um And then like, like you said, like, because the area, like a lot of my clients are tech workers. Um, Another thing I did not anticipate from COVID was that since a lot of tech companies are allowing their employees to work remotely, at least till the end of the year, if not forever, a lot of my clients are like working elsewhere, like renting a house somewhere else. um, And then we are just like going in and renovating for the next four to five months. Um, So I find that super interesting. So it's
0: like their workhouse?
2: Uh, what do you mean? No, so it's like they're, they're renovating
0: their main home.
2: Exactly. And they're going to like, um, they're (laughs) going to like Tahoe or Sea Ranch or even somewhere further because before they would have to commute in and that wasn't really an option. But now at this point, um, since they can work remotely without issue, they're taking that as an opportunity.
0: Like let's get it done because I'm not going to have to live in it.
2: Exactly. And I know that's That's like, sounds really privileged, but it's just, I think, I'm just stating a fact and it's kind of the nature yeah. of the Bay Area that we haven't. I mean, yeah, I think that's it's just one of those things I, have, I did not anticipate when COVID hit because I, yeah. I almost threw, threw up when I heard about shelter in place. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have projects on su- hold because I'm they have kids it. like Rebecca, you're teaching your daughter at home and they're like, yeah, we're not doing that bathroom or kitchen right now. Like I can't, go, there's nowhere to escape to.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: It's crazy.
1: Well, or they're just like, I'm um, over it. I mean, so from the decor side, like, <laughs> yes. people are like, get this done. Like, we need a staycation vibe here because, like, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. And, yeah. like, any, like, discretionary income that might have been to travel or eat out. or Exactly. Or, like, we're getting a new sofa. Let's just That's Right.
2: Which totally makes up. sense. If you have, like, a dysfunctional space and now you've been stuck in it for three and a half, four months, it just doesn't get – it doesn't age well, you know? <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's
0: not going to get much better. No, no, yeah. Um, I think this is, like, the, it'd probably be good to make sure our listeners understand, like, the beginning of why we wanted to talk with you, and it, so we have to, like, go through a journey, everyone, of, like, months ago. Um, Rebecca, I don't know if Rebecca knows this, but Rebecca does know that I am a frequenter of sliding into people's DMS on yes. Instagram.
2: Oh
0: <laughs> it's like, that's you, how we are,
2: met. <laughs> you are great at it. Yeah.
0: It's like, I'm just like, so over I'm for anyone who's listening. If you are having, it's called the about Sir
1: just- slide. And that's, <laughs>
0: that's why we're all here today. Like I just, we wouldn't we have just- met. I need, I need to talk to people. I, have I need a to... glass
2: of wine to tears to that. <laughs>
0: yeah. I just, I, I asked you a question about, uh, I think it was like a fire clay tile install was that like the beginning of the situation. And I had been following along most for you for a long time because I just, I'm fascinated by your designs and we want to ask you some more questions about that too. But um, I asked you a question about a tile install and you were really helpful. And, so a super appreciative of that thank you because I know it takes time to do that and it I, it's not lost on me how valuable our time is and to be able to like have any free space is a miracle some days for us. So to even catch that magic window where you had the time is greatly appreciated. So thank you. And The second follow-up to that was we were observing you moving into a new office space, like right when shelter in place was hitting its peak in San Francisco.
2: Yeah, Um, I guess, let me speak to the, um, how you slid into my DMs. This is how, this is how old I am. Like I opened the inbox and like, I press it, and there's an audio recording of you talking, and I was like, wait, you can do that? I guess this is, like, old, and I was like, this is so weird, but um, I loved it, and I think we, I, like, responded pretty much immediately, and we talked. Yeah. I, I was ho- hopefully able to answer some questions, but yeah. I think, yeah, I think, you know, your podcast exemplifies how open you are with, like, you know, your knowledge, and I always try to be and I, I really appreciated, cause I knew you, you know, you had commented on my posts and stuff. I, although I don't know if we really like talked to each other, uh, via DM before, but I like that you made the effort to like start building a, a friendship, which I think is super important. So, um, mm-hmm. I never take that for granted, but yes, I did, uh, sign my new office lease on March 1st and I think shelter in place happened like March 7th. So, Jeez. um, no. uh, yeah, so for the first two years, I worked out of my home like many other people. And then um, years like three to six, I worked out of a tiny office splint, split rent with another designer. And my rent was $500. So it was like nothing. Um, That's but, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it was a closet. There were no windows. You know, it was not, you know, like an office where you really want to bring clients to. I was a lot more to store samples and like stuff for install. And then I made the big leap of like, okay, year six, I'm ready. Um, you know, I try, I've i tried to keep my overhead low, but it was actually unsustainable with the amount of people we had on our team. And having no natural light in your office is uh, is a challenge <laughs> as a designer.
0: And depressing.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's super depressing. Yes. Yeah, it was like being back at uh, in Michigan in the wintertime. So I was just like, no, thank you. And so I signed my lease March 1st. I, I bet incorrectly on COVID. I just thought it might be something that was passing or it wouldn't impact us much and mm-hmm. I was completely wrong. And so I did panic. Um I am a fairly risk adverse person, um, having been a lawyer and I just thought, damn Imagine I'm- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, damn, I really effed up. Um and I yeah, I was just you know I I was having a meltdown essentially. I don't know if I hope no clients are listening to this, but I'm sure they understand because I have no filter. So I say
0: so. Oh, we that. all had melt. I don't think anyone would begrudge you a meltdown or two in the midst yeah. of a global pandemic. Like yeah. <laughs> you still obviously held it together to get through it for yeah, them. It's just, God. it doesn't mean that you weren't huddled in a corner. <laughs> Crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just breaking
2: bottle after bottle of rosé. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so you know I have you know my own team but I have a broader team of like contractors and trades that I work with and you know everyone said you will be fine Clara. you have this like you have like so much business like you should not worry you are so good at what you do and you know it's it's you digest that but it's hard to believe um Mm -hmm. but it ended up being true like uh touching back to our earlier conversation about the repercussions of COVID, like we are just really busy. Um, April was significantly hard. That was when the shelter in place was um, really, really strict. And when May 1st, when, I think it was around May 1st in the Bay Area where they uh, relaxed restrictions for construction, kind of like the floodgates opened for us. So we had like uh, projects that had been on hold for a month and a half to two months, but then like we had talked about, people that are just so tired of their homes and wanted things done like ASAP. so, I mean, I, I, I think about it and I was like, hey, I could have, like, you know, waited a little bit longer, probably negotiated a more favorable rate or whatever. But honestly, you know, I don't really try to focus on that. You know, I'm just thankful to have an office where I can come and work and not be in my house um, and just somewhere different and spread out. Um, so, yeah, um, sometimes, you know, things look bleak, but it all kind of works out.
0: <laughs> I, I know that it probably was frightening. to to step into that and then to think oh gosh like is there a way out of this lease how do I do this
2: I thought of of all of those things and as a lawyer like I was just like yeah there like there was no real way and I knew like if I tried to break the lease she would be able to basically charge me rent until she was able to release it and that was not gonna you know be really feasible obviously um it wasn't really the money I mean I mean This is like an industry podcast, but I had enough money to cover myself for about a year and a half, you know, for the rent, but it's a five year lease. And so I just didn't know um, how long this was going to go on for. And just a little bit of background, I graduated law school in 2009, the Great Recession, and it was it was extremely hard. Um, I still have PTSD from that. Like it was just like, I don't know if you guys remember, but we had just graduated, you know, my job offer got deferred. Um, Sam's job offer also got deferred. Uh, we had just moved to San Francisco. We had, I had a mountain of law school debt, you know, I think 300K. Um, it's like, how do you pay that off? Um, yeah. And when you go into law school, you're guaranteed a six figure salary and all these promises. and. No one anticipates uh, the Great Recession. So kind wow. of like when, when COVID hit and shelter in place hit, I was just kind of like, it threw me back to that moment. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. this is so depressing, but yeah. No, but know. this <laughs> is like,
0: if anyone I, out there is listening and thinking about an office space, I mean, yeah. Like, how do you prepare? What do you consider, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a cautionary tale, but it's also an encouraging part of the story that, there still are paths forward?
2: Totally. I think, you know, um, you can't anticipate a global pandemic, like you said, you know, so it's just, I, but I had enough funds to last me for around two years, and so um, I think, I think, you know, you, you, I am always very conservative about my overhead, and so I always think that, you know, when you're, like not so established i don't know what the established age is i don't know if it's under 10 years or what it is but i i I would recommend being uh, fiscally conservative as much as you can um Mm -hmm. but people have different philosophies to that you know some people choose to spend a ton of money on marketing and maybe that is fruitful for you maybe that is how you get your clients but i think Mm -hmm. you know you have to just really reflect and see what feels right in your gut for your business um so that's my advice
1: And you're not having, um, any of your team on site in your office with you now?
2: Um, no, we take turns. We have, I have one designer who is like, we decided we're in each other's bubbles just because we so spent so much time together.
0: Mm -hmm. So her and
2: I are in the office sometimes together. Um, and we do, our office is big enough that we can have clients come in, um, eight feet or six feet apart and then present that way. But honestly, often, um, we just try to do it at their homes outside on the patio or something like that. Let's try mm-hmm. to keep it safe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just like the new world.
2: Yeah. Of, I've had
0: to drop off like presentation trays mm-hmm. and then I'm leaving them <laughs> on the porch and I'm like, all right, tonight is our zoom meeting and we're going to go over it. And if it, if it just keeps them comfortable and feeling safe and then the same for me, it's just what we've got to do, but it's, it definitely requires a savviness in the client to be able to adapt and understand. And I, I can appreciate that for me. A lot of my clients are in sort of this like 35 to 45 age bracket where there's a comfortable level of technology of, Adapting quickly to different programs or applications, mm-hmm. whether they're using they've used them at work or they've gotten comfortable with things. It's I think it does definitely now you need clients to be pretty adaptable and to be really upfront with like what's the process gonna look like. And I don't think anybody's gonna wanna go back to all in-person interactions I've I kind of feel like people like a lot of this stuff now you think so? like the hybrid model <laughs> yeah like a blended model of oh well I could do a quick zoom session during my lunch at work if I had to and then that way I don't have to do That's an true. evening session and like right. I don't have to drive out to you know the west side of Los Angeles mm-hmm. at 3 p.m you know which is like the it, worst
1: I know I, <laughs> yeah, yeah I think it's definitely like, like trained us to have more like I almost feel like it's taken us back to the phone call like I have had more phone calls in the last four months than I've had in 10 years probably yeah. <laughs> like it's retrained trained us to use our tools we don't have to spend all this time physically together to still connect. yeah,
2: yeah I so, mean like, like th-
1: let's save that for the important times you know that
2: totally makes sense yeah i i agree but it also makes me just more happy to see someone else in person that's not my husband so i feel like it's just like maybe really appreciative of when i do see clients in person so i i think it yeah both ways for sure
0: yeah there's a a new blended approach and i i'm excited to see continually like what types of innovation it's going to continue to bring to our industry Mm -hmm. you know, having a, particularly in Los Angeles and in the Bay Area, how a lot of showrooms have had to shut down or trade shows are, some are going on, some aren't. That's a different topic of whether people are actually gonna feel safe enough to go yet. But I think there's a lot of adaptation from our support and our vendors that needs to be there. And it's gonna encourage them to make quick changes if they're gonna be able to weather the storm too, because we're still looking at a long lead ahead of us for this.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I just got an email from a vendor, like a higher end rug vendor, and they're based out of Los Angeles. And we purchased a couple of rugs this past year. And she said that she was thinking of like renting um, a suite somewhere in San Francisco and then Mm -hmm. having um, designers make appointments and just like to come view samples. And if I would feel comfortable doing that. And I said, yeah, that's and they would sanitize everything, obviously. And I said, yeah, that sounds cool. But yeah, that's like one way vendors are. I think pivoting, trying to still be around and like you know see people without you know too much risk. So yeah, yeah.
0: I'm trying to make sure that I stay close with designers that are in our circle because we we're all finding out. Wait, am places. I in that circle? <laughs> You're in the hot young club <laughs> okay, now, <go>. the <laughs> hot young designers club. <laughs> but it's just being able to share with each other or or pay attention to when. A new material or a new vendor or something that we should be learning from because mm-hmm. we're not gonna we're not gonna be exposed to as much of totally. that for a while.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I I, mm. I I think that's really important to have like a circle of other designers uh, who are not so proprietary about their information or how they work. Um, and I love that aspect of like the colleagues who I can call on and be like, hey, what flooring did you use? And they're happy to share with me.
0: It's not like we're stealing from each other. There's <laughs> enough to go around.
2: Totally. Yeah, and even
1: like I mean, Sean and I aren't in the same market, but um, we have like a little pod of designers that we share with and talk to like every day, kind of now. Yeah, one Between of them is in my text or area. Marco
0: Polos or whatever. We're yeah. always someone is connected with someone about oh wait, what about this and it. Keeps it's coming so
1: back. so helpful. So yeah, anyone listening that does not have that network, like I think it started with Facebook groups, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's yeah. how I think, I mean, I'm still kind of popping in and on out on there, but if you can kind of cultivate this relationship, get that surha slide going. <laughs> um, it doesn't hurt
0: to ask somebody. And I mean, we're all coming from different places where, yeah, they may not be in a space where they have the capacity to be able to help too much but just slowly you building. try
1: like because like Jenny mcdonald kind of said the same thing like she has a group of core designers that she can yeah. be really um transparent with and it's helped me personally and my business so much having mm-hmm. like trusted advisors and especially yeah. right now
2: Yeah, I mean, I like how we talk about everything from like fees, like, uh, like billing rates and just how you structure your team and how much they pay their team, stuff like that, that really isn't even on like, you know, some Facebook groups like that open transparency, because you know, it's confidential, you know, it's only amongst like five or six people. Um, And yeah, I think it's pretty awesome. I, I think like the, I think the key is not to just like, which I have had happen to me is just like, ping me, having never talked to me, just like start asking me like for a copy of my contract or like all that stop. stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, and don't go in with, yeah, with the intention <laughs> of like trying to get like, you know, with the intention of trying to retrieve something for me, because I'm not into that. Like, you know, I, I feel like we're all here like to develop friendships and like professional relationships. So I feel like that's really important. Like how you frame your yeah. approach to say another designer or someone else in the industry
1: yeah and you can just slowly like cultivate it like sean and i've exactly. talked about this before like we met through dms on instagram and then like slowly started chatting mm-hmm. more then we had like our first zoom date oh cute <laughs> before
0: vegas market before
1: Ve- oh so we decided to both try to we tr- decided to try to meet up at vegas market i saw that photo of you guys i
2: think it's on the website and i was That's like
1: Yeah. And so like, it was like this weird, like friend dating thing that I haven't done. Like, I don't know. It helped having a goal of going somewhere where we were going to meet up. But
0: yeah. And you had an out, like, it's not like we were sharing a room in Vegas. Like (laughs) you, you could clearly be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I missed you. I'm already at market. Oh, I'm going to be over here. And then, oops, I didn't see you. Like there's a a way to slide around it. If you were like, Oh, it's not really, if this this isn't going to be someone I want to be around all day. Like, No, but it was
2: destiny, and now you guys are doing a podcast together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, now
1: we're like COVID. We're in a COVID pod through Zoom.
0: Yeah, this is (laughs) our Apollo. (laughs) It's a long distance relationship. Um, We're making it work. Hey, Sean,
1: have you signed up for the Hot Young Designers Club newsletter?
0: Oh, no.
1: Really? Is this you not wanting to clutter your inbox with a lot of excess junk?
0: No, no. Let me do it. Where do I need to go?
1: You need to go to hotyoungdesignersclub.com. Scroll down till you get to the subscribe button. You just pop in your email address and your name.
0: All right. I'm doing it right now. Is this going to be a bunch of spam?
1: It's not. It's actually not going to be anything until we actually get around to sending something. But we have big plans and we want to be able to send surveys to get feedback from our audience. And maybe once in a while, a special surprise or a recap.
0: All right. I'm on it.
1: Thank you. Back to the show.
0: One of the the things that you mentioned about kind of your growth when you were talking about, okay, it's around one to two years and up to six years. And, um, what, what do you feel were the things that you've done that have helped you move your business to higher levels or next steps, sort of the, the next phase in your growth at Banner Day? Hmm.
2: That's a really good question. I guess, you know, um, most recently is getting like a quote unquote professional office. So that's like a big growth and jump in growth. Um, but I think, so like, um, years one and two were extremely challenging. You know, I had friends that would hire me, but obviously I could not charge them the rates I am charging now. And so it was really to build out more my portfolio. Um, I think I heard Lindsey Brooks in her podcast with you guys, like she never said no to a project and I was the same way. Like I cleaned out garages and like, you know, basically worked up for less than minimum wage, I'm sure. Um, yeah. and, and that was kind of, you know, I, I I'm not going to lie. I had a moment of weakness. I'm like sweaty, helping quote unquote decorate slash organize a garage. I'm like, WTF, what am I doing? I was wearing a <laughs> suit last year going to courtrooms. Like, is this what yeah. I really want to do? Um, <laughs> but then I think, you know, once I had a portfolio and started getting more projects, I think, um, investing, I know this, everyone says this, but investing in professional photography is, Mm -hmm. um, a big jump in growth. And then once I did that for a couple of years, I also tried a couple of shoots with a stylist. So Mm -hmm. I kind of, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like thought of that as not just her styling the photos, but also um, kind of like a seminar for me to see how a stylist frames a photo and what her, what she's thinking of, what angles she's telling the photographer to do. And I thought that was really great cause I kind of took some of those lessons for my future photo shoots. Cause as you know, stylists can be pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. So um yeah so I thought that was like another um thing kind of like in the middle years where I was like okay I've already I'm already using a professional photographer for most of my shoots what else can I do and then um I thought uh using a stylus and then after that I think it was year 4 or 5 um I got rebranded and had like um my website redone um like you know it's not surprising for this industry it's all about the visuals and how you present yourself so yeah. I think yeah so all those little investments matter.
0: And you worked with um, the Identity Collective, yeah, with Anastasia, yeah. right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I want to see it was about um, I don't know, two and a half, three years ago. I think it was one of the first on on the front end of the like kind of. Uh, websites for interior when she decided to focus on interior designers only yeah yeah so that was cool yeah I I was I was listening to her on your podcast and then she dm'd me and so I couldn't stop laughing because I just thought Uh
0: (laughs) what are the odds (laughs) I
2: know yeah (laughs)
0: she she always is really like forthcoming with the advice and I think she recognized that like even with giving out information there's still an audience who's like yeah, this is great. You give me all the stuff I can DIY, but I don't have the time or the energy or capacity to DIY this. And I recognize you're an expert in this field and I just need you to do it in much of the same way that our clients come to us. It's like, I'm sure I could figure this out, but it would take me a year and a half to remodel my master bathroom. Like, and i yeah, don't want exactly, to do
2: that exactly yeah i mean um i i don't you know i am still fiscally conservative you know my office rent is my biggest overhead but i definitely delegate things that like um, graphic design website management i recently started doing um, seo services which i have never done before um okay. because my most of my clients come through referral um but uh I just thought, why not try it out? So I'm trying it out this year and seeing how that goes. But I know a lot of my peers in the Bay Area often do a ton of SEO on a monthly basis for their websites and um, they get a lot of leads, so. I think
1: it's interesting that you kind of like um, self-reflect or reflect on yourself as being risk adverse, which I'm sure you are in certain ways, but like (laughs) I look at your work And your big change in your career, like your work is so bold. Like you take the riskiest moves with tile, which is amazing. Like I feel like in pattern, like I feel like it really defines your style um, and makes you stand out.
2: Thank you. I mean, uh, that's like I I feel so basic sometimes. (laughs) Oh my god! No, (laughs) no. I feel like there's something so joyful
0: about it. Like it it has like a happiness and a cheerfulness about the spaces that you put together.
2: Oh my god! You guys totally made my day. Yeah. Like sometimes you know, being I don't think you are risk adverse. (laughs) I think you're like maybe like
0: conservative
2: wannabe. Like.
1: I think it's the opposite.
0: It's hard to shake it off if that was sort of the path that you came on. And because yeah, you I mean, made
1: really big, bold moves, and that seems like what you've always been possibly is somebody who wants to take risks and try new things and push herself in her life and work. Right. And you're maybe like trying to like feel Bring like my-
2: still you're conservative,
1: but yeah, your- I don't know. Maybe, don't know. yeah.
2: It's interesting. I need to get a t-shirt made saying conservative wannabe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe conservatives is the right word. Yeah. 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 People are gonna want to take that the wrong way. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
2: I, think, I yeah. think
0: it's there's there is a level of like risk, and I don't know. I just I look at the spaces you're creating and there's maybe there's it's bravery.
1: A, like maybe yeah. risk isn't the right word, and it's just being brave and bold with and just and clients very trust um, that
0: process.
1: Yeah, like I love color. I love big bold things, but I'd be nervous to present like a really bright tile that's so permanent.
2: Yeah.
1: Um just because I'd be nervous to get shot down cuz I would love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that's like awesome.
2: Thank you. Well, I think, you know, a large large part of the credit goes to my clients. You know, it's they're the ones paying for it. They're the ones saying yes. And so, sure. um, so I think. But you have
1: to put yourself out there. It's vulnerable, especially in the beginning when you don't totally have the chops or the track record. Totally. to put yourself out and say, "I think this will look good. I know it's going to work. Trust me."
2: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah you've never I
1: think, seen this before, but it's going to be awesome. But you have
2: to, you have to put all your trust in me. I think yeah, that goes back to you know, I, I, it's definitely being a designer is a design job, but I think it's. I think of it more as a client services job and so like Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that my clients are happy and it's funny that you say that my design that makes me so happy honestly because I just feel like sometimes I look at my I mean maybe I'm too transparent but sometimes I look at my designs I'm like I don't know if I can it just looks like part of the feed the Instagram feed where it's not just not you know really reflective of anything unique but I, I am so appreciative that you guys are popping me up. <laughs> see
0: <that>. We are <laughs> <Right>. our own <laughs> worst critics. Yeah. I think your
1: work is like total scroll stopper and also really proprietary. Like I know that when was you see your when, work. The,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the tile stuff and um, stuff like that, it comes with like, you know, just having done it for a little bit longer, but mm. I have to say, I think, you know, I had a client. Um, she was like one of my earlier clients And she had like a lot of, she was like very bold and like, you know, loved color. And she's like, show me more, show me more. She wanted more. And so she kind of built my confidence. Like I know when something works. So if you give me the opportunity to say, you can do whatever you want um, and just like present it to me, then that's just like really freeing. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So that's.
0: It's liberating.
2: It is liberating. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, that's. Well, you hope that you get clients that are a good fit, right? Yeah,
0: Yeah. I had a, uh, the client I'm actually, the one I was at the, a site visit for this morning was one who started saying, well, it's our bathroom. So we should, you know, we're thinking it'd be very Scandinavian, like a lot of, it, probably a lot of neutral, but we're okay with that. And then I, I haven't, I don't think I've presented anything of it in my Instagram or anything yet, but we're doing like this, like, orange sherbet color tile now it's it's that's it's going to be fantastic and i'm really really psyched to see it all done because i think it's just gonna look beautiful and it's gonna have such a different energy but still relaxing it's still Mm -hmm. gonna be beautiful yep um and i'm so great i'm i haven't even seen it yet and i'm already grateful that they are taking that risk and Mm -hmm. that they they were the ones who were like actually, we, like, this is beautiful seeing it with some neutral ideas, but we, I think we really want to see it go further and that they trust enough in me to make sure it executes properly and that they trust themselves to know, you know what, we can handle this. Like, we, we definitely can do this.
2: That's amazing. I can't wait to see the tile. Um, But I also think like clients, not clients, but I think just people have this idea that because something is bold or colorful, it's somehow not timeless or classic. I think that is like a total false like perception of things, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you can look at like nineties beige maple cabinets and that's like, that's not colorful and normal, but it's definitely dated. So it's just like, I, I, yeah, I think it's, as long as something has a certain taste level to it, it should be timeless and classic for as long as it ne- needs to be. Right. Well, and like on
1: that note, like nothing's going to look great forever. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, it's just not. So,
0: yeah. like in yeah. 30 years, you should
1: probably think about changing it, like no matter what it looks like. So, yeah.
0: I was just 30 in an years old is Spanish like, home. Time's
1: up. Yeah. Well,
0: like an old Spanish home. was like, oh, this tile was probably gorgeous when it was new. And I don't even hate the colors. But what I hate is the cracks in the subfloor that are causing Mm -hmm. cracks in the (laughs) tile or the, the grout is really not been maintained that well. And so it's really dingy looking and it was less about, Oh, this orange and black sort of art deco color scheme Mm -hmm. didn't bother me. Right. It it was the care and maintenance over time just wasn't going to hold up anymore. And it's still beautiful. It's just, I think that's what, (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's it's old it's, and it happens and it's... and tastes change and no one says you got to put it back in exactly the way you found it so do something you know that you're gonna love if you're gonna have to go through all the energy and time and money and... have
1: you seen that trend of I don't know if it's a new trend but I've been seeing people doing it on Instagram who are remodeling and putting notes to the future
2: homeowners oh, on their walls yeah
1: and it's like they'll write like a little letter and put pictures of them. Like some of them are like funny. Like if you yeah. see this, like why did you take out my beautiful bathroom? Put it back and the, way it, the way it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: That's hilarious. I kind of like I that.
1: I know, because I've also had a friend who did a renovation and she found like voodoo dolls. In her-
2: <gasps> okay, that's crazy.
1: <laughs> like I did weird, oh. st- weird stuff, and like that the contractors might have done,
2: or I don't know. <laughs> I you need to where, get,
0: like, a shaman in there or something. <laughs>
2: yeah. You need to sage it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we did one where it was, like, a 1920s home in Oakland, and the original wallpaper was there. And we removed the wallpaper, and on the plaster walls was this, like, huge caricature that someone had done in pencil mm. on the walls. That was so cool. And it was, like, uh, dated and everything. But there was, like, uh, no way to save it. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. – Yeah. But I do – I think that's interesting. I, now I want to go to all my site visits and, like, put stuff in the malls. <laughs> I know,
1: because I always, like, even when you just see, like, the old, like, we've been doing a lot in our house and it was built in 1960, but just even seeing, like, the marks from, mm-hmm. like, the contractors. The handwriting.
2: And, yeah. Yeah. I just it's love so all the,
1: like, like little f- fingerprints of people from the past. Oh, I love it. Just get out of weird little time capsule. <laughs> it's like somebody <laughs> in the 20s, 60s is going to be like,
2: What? Yeah. Tell them 2020
0: sucks. <laughs> yeah, Help. yeah like put put a note to Google Google COVID nineteen and then that way they can because it'll be a different generation at that point. Right, so right. they might as well have a refresher of what it was like trying to go through that.
1: Or oh, yeah. um, send them a photo of what it looked like before so they can see like the third route. I don't know. Okay, I'm getting too off track.
0: It's gonna get meta. <laughs> yeah clara you said you mentioned in your topics client services and management do you have any systems that you're using to keep yourself organized or apps or programs that you find help you navigate your day-to-day
2: um yeah i mean I, i don't think uh sadly i don't know if i have anything that is like something that most people haven't heard of but for our team Uh, So that's the Banner Day team. We use Asana to keep Mm -hmm. track of tasks, I want to say. And then um, Ivy, of course, for invoicing and like purchase orders and proposals and stuff like that. Um, And then we use actually a lot of uh, Google Sheets. So that's because we want like contractors and subcontractors to be able to access our spec sheets. And so we found out Google Sheets are like most, like most people get it. (laughs) We try to yeah. (laughs) universal and it's always yeah. up to
0: date if yeah. you've if you've published it you don't have to worry about oh wait what version did i send them exactly last?
2: exactly yeah so uh, but for like spec sheets we usually uh, this is a lesson i guess a s- small lesson but we only have one person who's allowed to edit because then like then you know what you're like so if you have two people editing a cell base or info you don't know you're not necessarily notified of what those updates are so we just mm-hmm. have one person being charged like the offer of that spec sheet. And we don't let clients change anything. Um, We don't let contractors change anything. We just have like one of our junior designers change stuff. So then by the time that she's changing something, everyone on the team and the clients know that this change is happening, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, And then um, I think that's it. Sorry, I mean, I am not the most tech forward. I do, I don't like uh, using a ton of different programs. So, um, and then we use Slack for our, designer masterminds group and um i'm just learning how to use it so <laughs> i've
0: That's heard really good fun. things about slack yeah
2: yeah so i don't
0: i haven't used it oh
2: okay good i'm not alone i always feel uh, like no. a dinosaur i'm like i don't know what the no
0: shit? rebecca's probably introduced me to more apps and programs than <laughs> i would like normally an app
1: a day like <laughs> really <laughs> she
0: she i was using acuity an before i met her but like My acuity integration, so clients can get on my calendar if they need to, is so much better now because she's, like, pressed me. Like, there's more that it can do. There's more that it can do. And I just recently started um, and Oh, yeah. I had Dubsado. It was already, like so much easier than the process that I was using with these like spreadsheets for stuff and Uh then sending it and then getting it back and then getting signatures it's just like
2: Like I waited
0: too I probably waited too long and I knew that but it's just it's slowly about making it smoother and easier Mm -hmm. for myself to have free time and I Mm -hmm. but I'm not I don't need more programs yeah
2: exactly (laughs) I remember, I was just thinking, I like, I, when I was growing up, I remember watching like Nick and Knight and Black and White television. And I was just like, none yeah. of these kids know what this is. And so it's like, I, I love technology, I embrace it, but I just, I don't know how much I can hate. I don't know if I'm great at adopting it. Maybe I need to um, make an appointment with Rebecca so she can just like- I know, I'm like,
1: (laughs) I'm actually like, I go too far. So Sean probably doesn't adopt things right away because he's like, oh, not another app. Like I literally have to like defend myself. I have to defend my need for a new app. I haven't even told you that I started using Evernote again. I can't wait. I'm not
0: an early adopter. I'm usually not gonna be a first round person on something. I've really got to be sold Same like boat. the why yeah. and the how it's you're like a what's in it for me. Yeah, I've got there's the what's in it for me has to be there. I've gotta know why. I need to see examples, otherwise I like don't trust it because mm-hmm. I feel like we're constantly being sold to. Yeah, but you're at the like Claire, you're at the tech epicenter being in the <laughs> Bay Area. Like
2: yeah. So should I be hanging, hanging my head in shame? <laughs>
0: no, no, not at all. But like, there's, everybody's there. So you are like probably hearing about all sorts of upstart types of things that you're like, okay, like, let me know if you're still in business in six months. Like right. there's yeah. all these new ideas out there.
2: I mean, there is like, I mean, I'm like, I'm not, If I don't work at a hedge fund or, you know, a VC firm. So I don't know like the new and upcoming companies, but I do have a lot of clients that work at, um, tech firms. And you know, what's funny is that like we, for the most part, most clients are not, I kind of, you know, I know there's this new trend of like uh, integrating technology into the home and like, what can you do like via Bluetooth and via voice. And I was like, Ooh, do I have to learn up on this? But honestly like 99% of my clients don't care to have it or are not interested, which I find kind of fascinating. I mean, I don't, I'm more old school too. So, you know, I totally get it, but, um, Like, you know, the most tech forward things we've done are like Lutron, you know, motorized shades and maybe a couple of like uh, Bluetooth um, light switches. But I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I I guess I should serve my my clients more, but it's not as tech forward as you would think as far as integrating that into uh, the home design.
0: I think audio is about the only thing that I've consistently had brought up, be- like in Southern California, a lot of indoor, mm-hmm. outdoor, and people are like, "Okay, I need my outdoor speakers to be able to create different zones or play everything throughout the entertaining spaces, uh-huh. and that on coordinate." And usually by then, it's like an AV subcontractor mm-hmm. because I'm not, I'm not doing now, yep, no. specking it, so I don't have to learn it or something <laughs> with alarm, like alarm systems, like. I don't have to know that. I just know I got to get them in there for stuff before the walls are closed up for different sensors or whatever. So mm-hmm. I don't, I, I just have to rely on their expertise. Cause I don't, I don't have room in my head to remember all that.
2: <laughs> Wi-Fi don't. enabled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let them
0: do their job and just tell me where a switch needs to be and I'll make it look good. <laughs> and I'll make sure this, I'll make sure the switch is in a logical place, not the easiest place for it to be, but like, the space where from a human perspective, like (laughs) where does your hand want to reach for that switch when you walk through the door? And that's, that's my job.
1: Not like behind an open door.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Or, or just like, you don't even think like when you're walking into spaces and a lot of like three-way switch switches, it's important to think of like, where's the opposite side to this switch? Like, will it be near where you want it to be when you're going to, are you going to have to go out of your way to do it? And does it make sense? Like, that's a lot of our job. I feel like when we're walking through sites is this just doesn't make sense. And I think it's a trigger word for a lot of my clients.
2: <laughs> I mean, you don't want to be the designer where the project is complete and someone else walks in and they're like, where's the light switch? Who uh-huh. is the designer? Like what? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: How did they miss that? And you're like, oh, that's like the one thing <laughs> that now you don't want to hire me because of one. Yeah. And it probably would be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny, but going back to what you were saying earlier about tech, you know, it's funny, like, I think, um, like Rebecca said earlier, we do so many phone calls, especially with contractors and subs. So it's actually more old school. Cause you know, they, you kind of have to work with them and they are not in front of a computer all day. And they, like, you know, Mm-mm. it's hard for them to respond to emails. And I've just learned that, you know, sometimes it's like a thousand times faster to just pick up a phone and be like, Hey, what's up, you know,
0: completely.
1: Definitely. They might, yeah, I know this industry is a weird mix of pretty old school um, and the tech that's coming in. I had a kind of a pseudo internship and they still ran their business with triplicate forms. Like yes. their POs um. were in triplicate <laughs> and it wor- has worked for her for 35 years. And she's not changing. It actually, and it actually was kind of, like, a good way for me to understand, like, okay, the yellow sheet, like, it's <laughs> like the, <laughs> like, now I understand what a PO does and when it converts it and what, like, it's literally the things.
0: Yeah. Going in the All the, the steps are in it. Yeah.
1: hmm I like that. Convert it to digital. Yeah. But she knew where every penny was when in her business, so.
2: That's amazing.
1: Yeah
0: kudos for that because I don't have time for filling out stuff half the time i <laughs> oh i really I'm a very prolific note taker mm-hmm. um they're not always really organized, but that's my biggest holdover from my like banking career was documentation, uh-huh. having things mm-hmm. written down, remembering who said it, when they said it, where yes. we were, who else was there mm-hmm. like it that's just like part of my process now, so every time I walk in it's either on my notes on my phone where i'm like it's it's shared to my drive so I can get it on my laptop or my phone or invite others to look at it. Um, or I have a, my physical notes and it's just like really thorough so I can go back and go, nope, on this day we talked about this, we Amazing. were here. Yeah. And we're gonna get that fixed because that's we've already talked about it. It's already I done. recorded it. I'm not opposed to that one day of just being like, okay, site meeting is starting, click we start recording and then that way it's just not forgotten and other people play this back for you that's that's why now i encourage contractors to if we're talking about a change i'm like get your red marker out and write it on the studs of the wall like that way it's there well that's a good idea like
2: (laughs) i bet you that makes you such a good designer because i'm kind of the same way as a lawyer document everything like i don't trust anyone <laughs> basically i on. want it
0: i want the email like as we discussed that's, and then it's no. like 12 bullet points of that exactly. day's site meeting
2: <laughs> so i don't have to say per my last email yeah totally yeah.
0: Like, yeah. <laughs> that's like a passive aggressive office culture for yeah sure.
2: yeah i mean i am in, like famous for saying that but honestly yeah i i've learned recently i started invoking um having a junior designer on longer calls with clients or contractors. Cause sometimes I can't think and take notes at the same time. So she takes the notes and then she sends an email to the team and everyone else and recaps everything in bullet points, which is actually worth her time to do that. And it's not really a CYA measure. It's really just a measure to make sure that everything is documented. The contractor is on track, the clients know what's happening and there's like just no holes in the system. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know if you've said how many people are on your team right now?
2: We have four.
1: And what are what are they, designers? So we have a
2: senior designer, um, and then two junior designers, and then a project manager. So the project manager mostly does all of the purchasing for our decoration-only projects. And then the junior designers do all the purchasing for all the renovation related projects is how we usually split it um Mm -hmm. and then um my senior designer kind of supervises the junior designers but she heads kind of all the rendering and technical drawings and all that stuff and then um i i head the design end and um do a lot of the site visits and stuff but um yeah so uh it's working really well so far um my senior designer has been with me for three years and then my first junior designer, it's going to be a year in, in August. So, yeah.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I, I've been thinking um, lately about just documenting my processes better and starting this actual like procedure binder. Do you have like an SOP binder that you've made or anything like I, that?
2: Yeah, I do. I, you know, uh, I just made it earlier this year so (laughs) I think during COVID because I was like oh I I was bored and didn't have a lot to do and I know (laughs) I should (laughs) I know I should have done it way earlier um but when it was just my senior designer Kathy it was just kind of easy because you were always talking and then when my junior designer came on board it made it a little bit harder but then I think when the fourth person came on board I was like okay this is unsustainable um and I am extremely relatively organized and I am very responsive and on top of it, but I know some of my peers had this handbook before they even had employees, which is probably the way it should go. Um, I just didn't have it together enough to do that. Um, but even with that in place, there are so many questions that come up because you can't account for every scenario. It's just, you know, you know, the trade discount might vary depending on vendor or like, you know, the mm-hmm. shipping might be really high. So you like, you know, balance that out. So um, I think it's a helpful guide for sure, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, just face-to-face time or, you know, just uh, chatting with whoever is work- you're working with is like the most helpful. Definitely. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of, there's a lot of if then scenarios that happen in our businesses where, you're like, well, if that's the case, then we do this, and when it sometimes it's like that though, and we do this, and exactly. it really depends on someone's innate ability to to problem solve, mm-hmm. to think things through, to, and then to say to themselves, "Oh, I bet there's a better way to do this," or "There's, I'm sure there's someone else has a different way to approach this," and a lot of it is situational in our business.
2: Totally. And I think, you, yeah, I think when you're looking for someone you are hiring or want to work with, it's not, the skills you're looking for is like kind of like intangible, their ability to problem solve and like spot the issues. Um, and yeah. they might not know that they might not know the answer, but they're like, wait, I need to ask somebody about this. And so just like trying to forge ahead and get that thing off their list. Yeah.
0: Um so, and think, yeah. well, I was just trying to be helpful. And you're like, oh, it just made things like <laughs> but- <laughs> a million times worse, though. And I appreciate your desire to solve this, but it made exactly. it really bad. Yeah. Exactly. The, one of the things I wanted to make sure that we asked you is about the meaning of Banner Day and what that connection to that means for you to tie it to your business.
2: Oh Yeah, good question. So when I first started, um I... I didn't want it to be my name. I don't know why. I just wanted it to be something other than my name. And so I was thinking of, um, ideas and then the euphemism it's a banner day It usually mm-hmm. means like a celebratory moment. And that's kind of what my goal was from when we were done with your home. Um, and then I also liked, again, when I first started and like was getting my LLC paperwork in, my good law school friend recommended that, It'd be something not so specific to interior design because if I wanted to pivot and that design business didn't turn out, I wouldn't have to like refile paperwork and stuff. Is that like too practical? <laughs> but that's part of the reason. That's, why. Yeah. That's yeah, <laughs> like, wise. Yeah. So.
0: Or if you were to expand into other things. Exactly. Not-
2: yeah. So it's, that's why the interiors is my doing business as, but like as my as far as my formal like LLC stuff, it's more ambiguous. It's vanity consulting. So, I mean, Uh, if if you're thinking of, like, a name for your business, like, that's something to keep in mind because mm -hmm. just filing paperwork with the Secretary of State is never fun. Um, Just (laughs) (laughs) just, like forming, like, uh, putting everything in your bank account, all that stuff, like, to have to change that up because your business model changes, like, that's not great either. So, yeah.
0: That's really smart. That's good advice. But also, it kind of connects back to – your designs like we were saying before where there's this level of like joy and happiness in Mm -hmm. them that you can see in your portfolio
2: full circle thank you yeah (laughs) totally on brand
0: (laughs) I know I'm so glad you could join us today Clara I really appreciate it
2: thanks so much I had a great time um yeah a really fun way to spend um a Friday afternoon
0: cool
1: yeah. Okay, well, now you're. Now it's time for you to pop that bottle of wine. I think it's.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's calling my name like ten feet away from me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a banner day. Yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but Bef- before you go, can you tell our listeners how they can find you?
2: Uh sure. Um, so I'm. I'm talking about. Well, I guess my website is uh, bannerdaysf.com, and then um, my Instagram handle is bannerdayinteriors. And if you are you know, just starting out or even like, you know, I don't know, wherever you are in your career, feel free to ping me. I'm always happy to talk to other designers and broaden my network.
0: Oh, you're just opening the floodgates right there. (laughs) Here they come. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's so generous. That's awesome. Now you're in the club.
2: Yay. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just one quick aside. When Sean asked me to be on it, I haven't, I had yet to hear, um, an um, episode, and I was like, I don't think I'm I'm the right fit. I'm not hot nor young, so <laughs> but I I've never heard the like jingle or the preface so I thought that was
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, There's some just, irony involved. <laughs> we're all just figuring out our. We're re-tabs. all hot and
1: young. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're all hot and young, and we Bad just heart. we we just <laughs> come into it at different stages. And uh, I'm really I'm excited. I I think that. It's more about finding ways to be help each other, you know, with support and with good intentions. And we've been really stoked to see the community of designers that have come together at all different stages of their careers. So um, we can't wait to share um, this interview with them.
2: Yay, so many uh, hearts.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Clara.
2: Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast.
0: If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today.
1: We're keeping the conversation going on Instagram. So don't forget to like, comment and follow at Hot Young Designers Club.
0: You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum.
1: And you can find Sean at Rensted Interiors. That's
0: W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. sorry <laughs> sorry i saw you like forming i saw her I'm, forming like, a sentence so i'm like
1: you saw the I was, hamster I saw the start to move a little bit i'm such Just
0: a good a few easier. steps
2: and then this is where we cut it out
0: yep. and we're done.
1: exactly
2: yeah. okay <laughs>